Wolpe is a senior fellow at the United States Study Centre and a regular contributor to US politics across media platforms in Australia. In recent years, Bruce has worked with the Democrats in Congress during President Barack Obama's first term and on the staff of Prime Minister Julia Gillard. He has also served as the former PM's Chief of Staff. Ed Blakely is a former Washington insider, an internationally recognised leader in urban development and planning, advisor and author. Tina Gwynn is a public and social affairs journalist, born and raised in Australia, with a particular interest in the US-Australia alliance. Welcome to Cross Pacific Conversations. Great place to be. Thank you so much. (laughs) Um, Look, where is... You've served um, in both American and Australian politics. It's a unique position. um, For for all my sins, yes. Yeah, right. Um, An opportunity. That's right. (laughs) Listen, I can tell you one thing. Having power is a very good thing. Having power is a very good thing. That's right. And is it better on the U.S. side or on the Australian side? It, it actually feels about the same. I mean, if you're in government here, you are the prime minister and you can work with her and get 500 bills through the parliament. That's mm-hmm. pretty good. Okay. If you're in Congress and you're in the majority and you control the House of Representatives and you can get President Obama's agenda through the House, that's pretty good. Um, Which didn't happen for very long. It didn't, and that made it very bad. Very and when, hard. Uh, and, you know, two years in, he uh, he lost the House in the midterm elections of 2010, lost 60 mm-hmm. seats. Yeah, and, that uh, was a And the minority, the minority is a bad place to be. Mm. Yeah. Indeed. Well, you can't get much done in the minority. <laughs> you can't. No. You can make noise, and we see how that works. But How, do, how does... How do we? How does President Biden go? Because obviously Obama came in, and look, um, Democratic presidents before him have have had the same tumble. Um, when Clinton came in in '93, uh, um, he, he had a pretty good. He had a mandate. He had a a, a proper. Um, he did, and guess what? Newt Gingrich took the majority in the House two years later. Absolutely, in '94. And, and then Trump comes in in twenty. Uh, Sixteen, and he loses the House two years after mm. that. Mm. So it is uh, tough to. Do and I think Biden is is acutely conscious of this because he lived through it, right? And he's seen it as a senator too, and uh, that's driving his calculations on what he's trying to do right now. So, so you don't well, think he's this... going to take? Oh, sorry, you don't think he's going to take it for granted then? Oh, absolutely not. He he has like five priorities, but two big ones right now: get end the pandemic, get America vaccinated, and restore the economy. Right. He's got a one point nine trillion dollar bill to do that. He uh, said he's open to working with Republicans, but they're not moving far enough, fast enough. He knows that the big, um, it wasn't an error, but a compromise that was made in the uh, Great Recession 12 years ago when Obama and Biden came in, to get that bill through, they wanted Republican support, they got Republican support, the price of Republican support was to cut it to under a billion, under a trillion dollars. That was not enough to get the economy going in a vigorous way. And joblessness stayed, employment improved, but uh, it was very, very slow. And Obama paid a hell of a a political price for going too slowly. Namely, the House turns against him uh, and and Republicans come in control. He knows this. So that's why he keeps saying, I'm going to go big. I'm going to go early. I'm going to go hard. And so he's not compromised. Republicans want to join him. Great. But otherwise, if he can ram it through... He can. Now, they're going to vote in the House within the next 48 hours mm-hmm. and in the Senate before mid-March. If he wins that fight, huge. If he loses it, his presidency is effectively over right. as far as legislation is concerned. Well, in the House, he wins. Uh, in the House, he But the margin, Ed, it's is going to be very small. It's six seats. Six seats. When Obama was president, we could lose 39 Democrats 
and pass Obamacare, he can lose six. Yeah. So they got a and Nancy Pelosi. I've seen her in action. She's fantastic. She's like the best. She knows how to read that caucus. And cold. she knows how to work it. And she knows how to work and she knows how to count. Yeah. And so does Jim Clyburn. Yeah. And uh, and so she, she will not bring it to the floor, just like she didn't bring impeachment to the floor until she, uh, unless and until she knows she has the votes. Yeah. And so it will pass the House. So let's talk about the other side uh, over in the Senate where um, Joe Manchin uh, holds a lot of cards. He does. It's sort of like the crossbench here in the Senate when uh, the government is short of an absolute majority and they got to work with. So Manchin is in a crossbench situation. So uh, where, where are we going to end up with this? Do you think that the $15 an hour will uh, go away? It will not go away because it's a, it's a pillar uh, issue for Democrats. And, and it's, uh, and by, I mean, in this bill, in this, I don't think it'll make it in this bill. The parliamentarian in the Senate just ruled within the past few hours that um, it doesn't fit under the Senate rules to be considered. It's called the Bird Rule in the Reconciliation Bill for all the wonks out there. Um, and she ruled that it doesn't sit right now. You can appeal the ruling of the chair and do that by majority vote in the Senate. But if you're Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sistema in, in Arizona who have some reservations about it, I don't think you get there. So I don't think the minimum wage increase to $15 from about seven twenty-five right now, I don't think it's going to be in this huge package of economic relief. Uh, but But they'll uh, come back to it. They'll come back to it. The Republicans want to come back to it. Everyone wants to come back to it because uh, it's it's not unlike the debate we hear we had this week. You know, uh, what is mm. the, you know, what's the, the industrial uh, do- relations? And, yeah. and what's the dole way? You know, what what do you get when you're on the dole? So mm. um, I think that was a, it's a really big issue and the, uh, issue of equity. Now the the good thing is that we're talking about an Australia and U.S. issue, the issues of poverty and social equity. And what the you gap live is on. just huge. It's huge. Uh, and both parties now have to do something about that. They know they have to move, and the question is how much. And um, it's interesting. Uh, Amazon has been taking ads out saying, we pay our workers $15, and this is why we do it. And it's it's not only the right thing to do, but it's, it's good for our company too because we're attracting great people, and we can be a better company by paying a real, a real living human wage. And so ultimately, it will get higher, has to. But it's going to be slower and harder because of principally the Republicans. So where do you see, uh, here's one agenda where the U.S. and Australia have some common ground. And with the Biden administration coming in, uh, we can gain ground. We lost ground under Trump. There's a little doubt about that. took a long time to get an ambassador. First relationships with Malcolm were horrible. Where do we start in rebuilding those relationships? Trump doesn't give good mm. phone, you know. I mean, he's really kind of tough on the phone. <laughs> so, um, That's tr- that transcript um, it was great. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> but uh, actually, I think my reading of the relationship is it was better than a little bit better in that. Um, yes, there was that phone call and there was that issue on this immigration deal for mm. refugees. But mm-hmm. the fundamentals of the relationship were sound. And if you think about it. In terms of the degree of tension between Australia and Washington, it was less than almost any other country that the mm. U.S. has relations with, and that includes Israel, as far as I yeah. can see. And, and that's what the public doesn't understand. They saw Trump in this country. Uh, they heard about the phone call, et cetera. 
that's what the public view is. Right. Uh, how do we get the public to feel good about Biden, good about the United States, and repair those relations? You're exactly right, and it's because um, uh, the Australian public never liked Trump. I mean, his approval rating here, I think, was somewhere in the 20s or 30 percent mm. max. Uh, and so that so how do you um, uh, connect that? You know, th- th- there's a real disparity in views and that creates a lot of dissonance and that creates a lot of problems. Um, Biden stands for things that I think Australia wants uh, more action on climate change, mm. more building of the alliance, a more humanistic foreign policy, human rights, Hong Kong, the Uyghurs, uh, China. China, Saudi Arabia. Uh, so I think they're for that. Uh, and they uh, like um you know, more progressive values, much more progressive values than were under Trump. And uh, and and also a president who wants to, you know, an underlying perception here, just given how well the country has done with COVID is, is America a failed state? Mm. And that's a really bad th- place for the United States to be in people's heads. And Biden Biden's first job is to repair the state. And that's exactly what I was going to ask you. That's right. The U.S. looks like a failed state. Mm. What are the other parts of rebuilding that? Throwing $1.9 trillion at it, that's not going to do it all. How do you rebuild this notion that the United States is a country to look to, not past or through? You get the health care system to deliver. You deliver on jobs and rebuild the economy, and you fix infrastructure so that the place works better and looks better. You educate kids. You do more on guns. Uh clean up the environment. So when, when it's working again in a way that people, like when Obama came in, they felt that that was the culmination of a long, long road, a drive to make America a better place. And he epitomized that. And so you want to get back to that, but it's a big repair job. You mentioned, and, oh, sorry, uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, in mentioning progressive leadership and hmm. and how Australia, you know, they 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 want the same. They they want more progression on certain issues. I think the I think the people are way ahead of the government here on things like climate. Mm, absolutely, no no doubt. One one thing that I think Australia does though share with um, with America though is. And and what I see within within Biden's own um, within the Democratic Party is the internal conflicts um, that uh, you know it, it's sort of very similar to the the internal factions of the Labor Party, which of course you would know quite well um, of the the more centrist leadership or you know the or those that are yeah. to the more left of the I party. Always tried to get avoid getting killed by the factions. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Avoiding the factions. <laughs> So you, you've got in the United States, you've got Nancy, you know, someone who really represents the the old school, the well, establishment, they Nancy they, Pelosi. Well, they campaigned against her as a San Francisco liberal, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, to okay, the to the left of the party, the AOC, you know, AOC. Right. Um, I mean, it's funny as well because from the conservative viewpoint, as you say, you know, they, they sort of paint these center, centrist figures, and they did the same with Biden as being this, you know, um, great socialist, and which is quite laughable, really, when you when you really look at. Yeah. He's, he's not quite anywhere near a socialist. Yeah. Neither is Nancy, um, and AOC, um, and 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 her side of, I guess, the the aisle uh, would definitely criticize uh, that viewpoint. They're gonna, there are a couple things at play here. And one is uh, you're both exactly right. So you don't get the $15 minimum wage in the bill. Do you vote against the bill or do you vote for the bill, given the, the yeah. other $1.9 trillion in it yeah. to really help the country? So that's something. Secondly, uh, and for every bill that goes to the floor of the House with a six-vote margin, um, 
where does the left blow it up on, mm. on what? Yeah. And mm. that is a that will just be a perpetual type issue. And there's burning in the Senate too. Uh, and that's, that's right. right. Yeah. And um, and so the what 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 happens over time is you have these swings. So. Out of the Vietnam War, the left mm-hmm. really controlled the party and nominated mm-hmm. George McGovern and went into a mm-hmm. overdrive and lost successive presidential elections. Mm-hmm. So Bill Clinton comes in and he says the era of big government is is over. Right. And and he has two terms. And that was sort of uh, Obama, where Obama was. So what does Biden say? Big government is back because we needed to fix these problems right. and put America. So you have cycles. Um, and but the the question is, uh, and and Biden I think is a big enough uh, tent, mm-hmm. uh, given his um, decades of service, and then he has moved to the left during the campaign and what he's standing for today, in order to accommodate everyone. But at some point, you have to wonder, particularly if he fails on this mm-hmm. stimulus bill, and then fails on other things, if he can't deliver racial justice, mm-hmm. it, are there are there fifty one votes for racial are there Sorry, there are not 60 votes in the Senate for racial justice or climate or immigration. Or anything else. Or anything else. So does he then, sorry, we're getting in the weeds here, but does no, he break no. uh, something called the filibuster? So that mm-hmm, right now mm-hmm. you need a supermajority to pass anything in the Senate. Mm-hmm. That's called the filibuster, 60 votes. Um, given what Biden is facing and what the country needs, there's really a serious debate underway. Do we get rid of the filibuster? And it can be gotten rid of with a vote of 51 senators. And that means a simple majority to pass things. Right. So if he can pass the rescue bill, then he has political capital to get his other stuff through, immigration, climate, racial justice, mm-hmm. uh, with 51. You you were Julia Gillard's chief of staff during her time as, as prime minister. No, after she left office. I was, oh, was, I was just on her senior her. staff when she was prime she, minister. You were on her senior staff when yep. she was prime minister, yep. right. She was seen as someone who was coming sort of opposite issue to Biden, really. She was someone seen as coming from the left faction yes. of, of the of the Labour Party. But she moved further to the centre to appease the party. Yes. So what was your assessment of how she navigated the internal conflicts within her own party and what can Biden learn from that? Um, you have to listen to everybody. Uh, the, the great. So she's just like... Or I'll say it this way. Nancy Pelosi is just like Julia Gillard. She, <laughs> okay. Okay. she listens and she knows how to negotiate and mm-hmm. she knows where her caucus is. <clears throat> so if so, what you've got to do is hear everyone out and then craft the solution that keeps them all on board, even if it's an uneasy alliance. Mm-hmm. And that is a real art. And that's how uh, that's how great legislation is made. That's how politics is done, should be needs to be done. So she had it. Um, uh, Speaker Pelosi has it. Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand yep. has it. And uh, it's a wonderful thing to see when it's in action. But our politics broken in the United States? The big lie is still around. Uh, it doesn't seem to move with pl- political agendas. It's about faith and some ideas that have no currency relationship to democracy. And, and you see what happened in January with the attack on the Capitol, which That's is right. the ultimate break, breaking of the system, mm. right? Or an attempt to. An attempt to break a, the system. And, the, the, and how, how you count votes in America, state by state. You know, is that a broken, another failed state issue? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do we repair those fundamental issues? Uh, you need an under... I think people really do understand that the healthcare system, it, it completely collapsed under COVID. Mm. And it, with 500... It was collapsed with, before with, COVID. With, it it was, but, but, but 500,000 
yeah. die, and that is a failed system. So you have to um, – it's sort of like uh, exercise. You have to keep doing it to get better at it, but that requires leadership. I think I, absolutely that Biden wants to do that, but the, I think the big question is – do the Republicans really want to do it or do they want to enjoy whatever they can exploit for their at least short-term gain by just opposing well, do and tearing down? Yeah, what is the Republican agenda? Uh, that's a really good question because I don't think they know. I mean, uh, is the Republican agenda Trump or is it something that the Republican mm. Party has stood for, some th themes that the Republican Party has stood for for a very long time? And I think that question is really up in the air. Well, in talking about the, the, the healthcare system and, and reforming the healthcare system over there, I mean, there's a lot of vested interests uh, in in the healthcare system in terms of the pharmaceutical companies, it's true. the medical association. When, the insurance companies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when uh, then First Lady Hillary Clinton tried to completely um, tear it all down and, and, and rebuild it, basically, in, in 94, she yeah. actually strikingly um, came across huge opposition, not just from Big Pharma, but the actual medical and, and doctors associations. She made a huge mistake. Um, her, their mistake was that bill was written in the White House mm -hmm. in a secret process mm. that no one participated in. Yeah. Obamacare was written in the open yeah. and everyone participated in. And actually, the pharmaceutical companies, the insurance companies, backed Obamacare because what was the upside for them? Universal coverage, mm. much bigger market, more more customers than they ever had under just the private health insurance system. Well, it was a less progressive uh, bill. Obamacare it, was less progressive was than less, what it, was nicknamed Hillary Care, but essentially. It, but it did have the support of the industries. Yeah, and yeah. and that was that was the genius of of the bill of that bill. The problems were it still didn't cover enough no. people fast enough. Well, that's the thing. It's that do you not feel that Obamacare just made more compromises really and and sort of bowed down to? Uh, oh it, no, it's still net better than than the system that existed before. Oh, of course, but the I'm non system that existed. The non system that existed before. But I'm talking about say like with um with what the Clintons uh, tried to put through in in '94. Uh, it was it made much more compromises uh, than. Than Obamacare, uh, sorry, it, um, then, Obamacare then, made much more compromises than Hillary, Hillary Care. Would have, uh, yeah. but, but that failed and nothing happened. So this yeah. is so some, this is something better than nothing. But the big hole is, uh, what's the safety net to capture everyone? That's mm -hmm. the so-called public option, mm -hmm. which means that you as a citizen can opt into a government-funded, a, a government-run mm -hmm. insurance plan, which Medicare. is basically Medicare, mm -hmm. and that should. That should exist, and Biden supports it. And that'd be just like what we have here in Australia. It will come closer to it, but uh, it yeah. will be it will be absolutely positive. But it can be done. And mm -hmm. I, th but but again, the question: Are Republicans for that or against it? They're against. Let's, it. let's get to another issue within the parties, and this is a really a black and white issue. I think I know what's coming. Yeah. Uh, clearly, the black vote is super important. The black vote is pretty middle of the road, but wants some of these things. Will the Republicans move to get some of that vote? Because if they don't, they're really cooked for national office. You know, we, that, um, the issue of being cooked for national office has been a perennial one for some time. Like in Texas and Florida, the demographics are changing, and so the, the Republican Party has to die, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, but I, I, where Georgia, I think, is the perfect example mm. here of what's going on. Ma fantastic turnout, thanks to Stacey Abrams and everyone mm -hmm. pulling together on that.
So what's the Republican response to, you know, two months after the election? Cut pass out the voters. Pass new laws and cut out the voters and suppress the vote and make it harder mm. for black people to vote. So it and that just that has to be fought. But it just shows that this is a really, really tough road. But there, there's only one road out of here, and that is for everyone to vote. That's right. So what do you think the future is? Um, <laughs> I'll tell you in From a month. Slim I'll tell you in a month. It, I, honestly, the, the passage of this package is everything for Biden. Because mm. he can, if he passes it, he can build on it and do more. If he doesn't pass it, he's really paralyzed. It means nothing significant will come out of Congress, and it means that um, uh, he'll do executive action. He'll do foreign policy. He'll be a humane force in the world. But it could be so much more. So uh, we'll know by Easter really where this is going. Um, I think he's uh, I don't think uh, if COVID had not existed, I think Trump would have won reelection. Uh, mm. I mean, he came close. I mean, in, in 2016, it was three states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Michigan. What was 77,000 votes? Ed, yeah. Right. Mm. That Trump won those three states by. So Biden wins Pennsylvania, Wisconsin and Arizona by 47,000 mm. votes. Much smaller margins. Yeah. A, a much smaller margin. And so that's how tight it's been. Although, I mean, he's I think. He lost the popular vote by a greater amount. I mean, he's lost the popular yes. vote both times. That's correct. To, to Clinton and to, to Biden. That's but, uh, but this time by an even broader margin. It, 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 right. We have a different thing going on. <clears throat> now, 70% of the population supports the $1.9 trillion bill. Right. And a majority of Republicans support uh, exactly. it. Exactly. And Republican governors support and it because it's money in their states. It. So should the future be a different kind of coalition? It, it could, uh, under ideal conditions, yes. You know, there were Reagan Democrats in Congress, <laughs> Democrats who voted with Ronald Reagan on his mm. budget cuts and his tax cuts, and they saw that as being rewarded politically for doing that. Well, we need Biden Republicans, and maybe there will be five, six, seven. You can see the outlines of it. Mitt yeah. Romney, when he says things. Uh, well, Romney has... Uh, Susan Collins, Ben yeah. Sass, yeah. Lisa Murkowski. You know, th they're saying things, and mm -hmm. so... But a winner attracts it. So if he wins on this, then I think more people want to play ball yeah. with him. And Romney has bills almost parallel to the ones that's right. That's that right. Out by Biden. So you can he can use Biden to get his things through. Well, maybe that's where we have to end this. <laughs> There's a chance to be continued. Slim so. hope. We we may have to for, we, we may have to do a follow up uh, uh, for yeah. this. In, okay. In a few weeks, I think. Well, uh, we believe in an hope, epilogue. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you mentioned up. all the issues: uh, immigration, so. well, health. Well, we haven't talked foreign policy. Maybe we'll talk about that next time. Next too. time. Next time. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Bruce Welby, thanks so much for joining Thank us. Thank you, Tina. Thank you, Ed. Thank you. If you enjoyed this chat from Pacific Conversations, make sure to subscribe wherever you find the podcast, so you don't miss a thing. More chats coming out on a fortnightly basis. Next, coming up with Dominic Dwyer on the COVID-19 pandemic and a chat shortly from former Australian Foreign Minister Bob Carr. And if you're so inclined, check out Ed's other podcast with myself, Sean Britton. US of Ed comes out every week with a weekly update on US news and current affairs.